You know, last month we talked about choice or disease and how it's actually a sickness. And it's funny we talked about that because this month's episode we're talking about how that sickness leads us into making poor choices and how we have to pay the consequences of those choices. Consequences of like, hey, being in a explosion caused from cooking meth and having second and third degree burns on our body. Basically how the sickness turns and it evolves. That's right. And it just becomes a big greater thing at that point. Exactly. It starts off something small, minute. And as we go forward, it just kind of snowballs the effects into something larger. That's right. Uh, And it becomes something that, uh, so we can control it at first, but then we get to a point to where we can't control it at all. You know? Most definitely. So. And so this month's episode is Club Meth. Cue that intro music. And guys, remember to stay tuned to the very end of this month's episode for a, have a, a, surprise a for you. free giveaway that we're doing for the end of this month. Unashamed, the recovery podcast. And hello, recovery fam. It is great to have you back with us for another great episode of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh and Drew. That's Drew. I'm Josh. Here at Unashamed Recovery, we believe there is healing in the story of our scars and that it is okay to not be okay. It is our sole mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction uh, from real people with real recovery and real sobriety. If it is your first time with us, we are glad that you are here with us and that you have found us. We release a new episode on the first Monday of each month, and sometimes we're going to release twice a month, but for right now, we're releasing the first Monday of each month. Now, if this content is is helpful in any way to your recovery, it would be nice for you to leave a review um, wherever you listen and watch the podcast from, or you can just hit subscribe. And enough of all that, let's just dive on in today's episode. Today, we are joined by a pastor and author who travels all over sharing the message of hope in a somewhat hopeless world. Our guest is an alumni of the Home of Grace here in Mississippi and has been featured on numerous shows about his life and his ministry that God gave him. He is the author of Club Meth to Christ and Once an Addict, Now Free. Please help me welcome pastor and author, Rodney Williams, it is so glad for you to be here, man. I, I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. Man, I'm excited. Hey, Josh, I'm glad you allowed me to come down here. We just got back from Atlanta. Just uh, out, out everywhere we go, there's people who need need hope, and there's hope in Jesus, you know. And you can't be set free, uh, walking this freedom. And I've been free now for like 19 and a half years, you know. Amen. And after 19 and a half years, I tell people I'm a satisfied customer. God has <laughs> been good to me. Man. Man, I, I've never heard that. I'm going to have to steal that one. I'm going to have to start using that. Start That's... giving rave reviews. Five stars for God. <laughs> I'm a satisfied customer. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Mr. Rodney, tell our uh, our listeners that may not be familiar with your book, um, Club Met to Christ. I know that, that you have given that book out to just countless people. 
But for those that are not familiar with it, tell them just a little bit about that book, about what it's about. Uh, Club Method Cross is just my journey through addiction, you know, uh, uh, being molested as a child and uh, I had hurts, you know, a fallen man, fallen world system, you know, we got hurts, we got pains, we got issues, and drugs and alcohol became my solution, you know, and uh, I always tell people, uh, it made me feel good, we got, forget the pain, and uh, you know, it's kind of like having an infection, you know, you have an infection, and you put band-aids on the infection, the infection continues to grow, it takes more band-aids, it took more alcohol, more drugs, and what you're doing is getting deeper and deeper into the bondage of addiction, you know, and then... Uh, and in just 20-something years of the drugs and alcohol pursuing the things I thought would uh, satisfy me, made me happy, which would lead uh, in 2002 uh, uh, being severely burned, second, third degree burns uh, at a math lab and uh, you know, surrounding my life to Christ on the way to the hospital. And then God would tell me to write this book, Club Method of Christ. And uh, that's the book we've written, uh, my story, my, my, my story for freedom through Christ Jesus. And uh, then my second book is Once an Addict, Now Free. And uh, it gets deep into the scripture, showing you the truth of God's scripture, that addiction is really just a worship disorder, wrong worship, where we're pursuing the things of the world that we think is going to satisfy us, complete us. But there's nothing in this world that will ever satisfy you because you're, you're built for eternity and you're, you're designed to be connected with God and, and that's right. in his intimate presence. And that's where you find what you're all, all I was looking for in the world through the drugs, the sex, the different things I found in Christ Jesus, his intimate presence. And I'm not looking for anything else because I found the pearl of the great price. I found what I was looking for. And what the, that's what this book's about. We do prison ministry across the nation with these books. We've printed over 100,000 books. And and uh, just want to share, share with everybody how, how to be free. And the books are free. We, we give the books away. We want everybody to be free. And we don't want money to be a, an issue. So if you want to that's book, awesome. uh, you can contact us. We'll mail them out. All we need is an address. No questions asked. Man, that's awesome, man. We'll get with you, and we'll put a link in the show notes for you to be able to, to send that to Mr. Rodney and get your free copy of that book. That's a, a great resource, and we want to help get it in as many hands as we can. So that's awesome. Man, I, I, I love that. And, uh, well, there's no need in wasting any more time. I want to get on into it. Mr. Rodney, take us into... Uh, we already know your drug of choice was meth, uh, just from the title of the book. But take us into your story a little bit. Take us into, you know, where your story started. Take us into chapter one of of where it all started for you. I was just uh, a young child taken to church. You know, told about the Jesus that loved me. And at the young age, of course, being sexually molested. And like I said, I was ashamed being a little boy. And I didn't, I didn't want to tell my parents. I didn't want to tell anybody. I had these hurts, these pains. Uh, within me, you know, and I talked to the Jesus they told me about. I had childlike faith, you know. And at a young age, I remember God speaking to me and telling me that he would protect me and that one day I'd preach his word. You know, that's just four years old, you know. And, of course, I was 37 years old when I finally surrendered, died to the old life and come to Christ and turned to Christ Jesus, you know. And, uh, and you know, it was, it was that death that took place. God couldn't use me. God couldn't use me. He couldn't fulfill right. the purpose and plan of my life until I died to my agenda, my plan, my idea. I always tell people I want to go to heaven. I believe in God. I believe in one God. I'll do it well. The devils also believe in trouble. I believe in God, you know. Yeah, but the problem was uh, I want to go to heaven, but I want to live like hell. That was my problem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed the sin. I enjoyed living that, that messed up life, thinking there was something out there that was going to satisfy me and complete me. And guess what? After 20, 20 something years of doing it, pursuing it, 
nothing ever did. You know, nothing could. You know, I was I was a wreck when I finally did surrender to Christ. Well, you know, and that just reminds me, you know, and I, I think we all, any addict out there that's struggling, I, I, you know, I think it's boils down to us trying to fill in that void. We all have that yep. void in our life, and we're trying to, to fill it in with all these things. You know, for me, I was trying to fill it in with the porn and sex addiction. And, you know, I try to get that pleasure, and I was trying to fill in a God-sized hole with anything but God. Yep. And when I finally put God at the center of it and put him in that place where he should have been all alone, that's when I finally had peace. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, lust is, is feeling a God-given desire in an unnatural way. That's right. An ungodly way, and that's what we all do. And, uh, when I talk about the uh, worship disorder, is that we're, we're pursuing things, we're pursuing things in the world that we think is going to satisfy us, complete us, and it would never was because we're designed to be connected with God, one with God, walking walking with God and intimacy with Him, and uh, and all these things we pursue and look after or pursue after things that's going to satisfy us never will, you know. That's right, right. That's right. So, you know, all this has done happen to you as a kid. You know, how, when, when did the... Uh, I mean, did I know just one day just the the meth addiction didn't just appear and you were, you know, in it. What what eventually led you into that? Because uh, I mean, most time it's a progression. You know, you start out with one little thing and then it eventually leads you into that. So was that what it was for you? Oh well, yeah, that was. Uh, you know, even though meth is what I got burned up, blown up, cooking. Uh, you know, I, I took anything I could get my hands on. You know, what I'm saying just to numb the feelings. Began with alcohol, then weed, and then. Uh, I began to take pills, you know, after beginning uh, my high school year, uh, we partying, think we are having the best time of our life, you know, high rate of speed, we drunk, we high, we high fine, you know, think we have the best time of our yeah. lives, hit a thing of water, hydroplane, hit a ditch, hit a culvert, flew 50 feet in the air, cut a telephone pole 10 feet in the air, took oh over an goodness. hour and a half, cut me and my best friend out, you know, and uh, we pronounced him dead on the ride with the hospital, I was good mm. in sports, senior class favorite, and instant my life was changed, you know, and. They had to reconstruct my legs, my right leg sore to my left, was graduating from high school in a wheelchair. When I speak to the students across the country, I always tell them, you can choose to jump out of a 10-story window, but you can't choose your consequences when you hit the ground. You know, life's about yeah. choices. Yeah. Man. I, I just spoke to a middle school about the same thing. You know, the choices that you make today create your future. You know, it's basically, in the way you think about things, that, you know, so thoughts generate feelings, feelings generate emotions, but that emotion or those feelings create an action. And so therefore you start going with choice, you know, and your choices, depending on how you're thinking about it, can be an up or down thing, you know, but that's what generally creates your future, you know. So, yeah. but most sure. choices that I find end up being one of those things that happen from uh, either past experiences or hopes for future, you know, so. Most definitely. Most definitely. Well, Mr. Rodney, what experience? Now, I know you, you've had a, you know, a good past and a lot of things led down your path, but what is something that really stands out in your mind of one instance of when you were going down that path of addiction? What's one instance where you can really remember of like, oh, crap, I really strayed from this, you know, believing in God, this Christian walk. I've, I've done got off the path. Is Because when I think about back on my story, 
I remember there were some times when I'm like, oh, I really done done get off the path. Did you ever have a moment like that? and do and I was I was running around with the kids who were doing all these different things and I just I just like I give up. I said I said, Lord, I'm just I'm just too weak to do this. In other words, I was like, you know, I was going I was going with the I was going with my friends to do what they were doing. And I told him that I would I would come back. I, I told God as a promise, I said, one day I'll be back, you know, and then I left God and I didn't look back. I mean I I pursued the world, you know, and that's pretty much left God and where he was at and because I just, I, I got tired of the struggle, you know, as a yeah. young, young kid. I didn't understand what I understand now, you know. Yeah, right. About the Holy Spirit and the power. You know, nobody ever even told me that, you know. That's right. Uh, and so I was, you know, but uh, God had a plan for me, you know. And, uh, Most definitely. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm so thankful he did because he did when he told me that he would, you know, he would protect me. Man, so many times I should have died. I'm sure y'all too, man. How God, the hand of God, I can look back now, the supernatural hand of God pulling me out of these situations where other people died and I should have died. And, and, uh, and God kept me alive. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> I know in my story, there's two major instances yeah. where, you know, I should be dead. Or, you know, I actually died for two minutes, but then was brought back through CPR and, uh, you know, the, uh, the shock pa- paddles. But, that was really a God moment because the way that ended up happening, you mean they're driving off that 12 foot drop off like that. That yeah. was, you know, that was God trying to give me the wake up call then. But yeah. Well, I've never told this on this podcast, and only a few people know this, but uh, for me, a moment that you're talking about, uh, 2009, 2010, it had been I was on my way home from work one morning, five o'clock in the morning, and log truck ran me off the roadway. And I had just got a brand spanking new Ford King Ranch. I hadn't even made a payment on it. I'm talking brand new. Ran me off the roadway, and I turned it uh, turned it over and slid across the highway on that side, went off into a ditch. And anyway, I went where my seatbelt, and uh, man, it busted me all up. I still got back issues, but anyway. I don't even remember this. Apparently, I blacked out, but apparently the only other person on the highway at that time was coming along the highway and saw me on my hands and my knees crawling down the yellow line of the highway. And I was going the opposite way of where I should have been going. I was going away from my parents' house. And anyway, just so happened, this guy coming down the highway at 5 o'clock in the morning knew who my parents were oh, wow. and knew where they lived and took me home. And... Looking back on that, I'm like, my goodness, I sh- it should have killed me. I mean, yeah. like, my head had busted out my the sunroof. And, I mean, my back is still jacked up. But, I mean, look, yeah, at that time I didn't realize. But now, looking back, it should have killed me. Right. And, you know, there was a purpose in it for here, right? You know, this yeah. one right here. You know, we're, but it's just, man. So, I, I can, I think there's several people out there listening that can really attest to, hey, man, there was some times where I went through some some shady stuff and God kept me alive. I was so, just speaking about that earlier, God moments, yep. you know. So I think a lot of people can relate to that, Mr. Rodney. And, uh, man, it's just it's amazing to look back on our life and see where God just had that hand on us in, in some of the most unreal moments of our life. So most definitely. Well, here at Unashamed, we – love talking about rock bottom moments and most people 
who have been down this road of addiction, they've got a rock bottom. Was there a rock bottom in your story? What did rock bottom look like? Well, I guess uh, six hit rock bottom a lot of times. You know, in and out of jail, the different things, you know, uh, losing everything several times, losing my family. But uh, it was not a breaking point in my life. You know, of course, the point I got thrown up was a, was a breaking point. And I'd lost everything. I went to rehab. I went to rehab. Uh, at home break. I'd gotten broken. I was broken. I was homeless. Man, I was, I was, I hadn't ate. I had been going for days without eating and sleeping on methamphetamines, you know. And, Man. And I would tell people, on, when you're going 10 more days without eating or sleeping, you're fasting to the devil. You open up the gates of your mind. Oh, wow. Your mind. You're coming close intimacy with the demonic realm. Uh, and you're engulfed with fear. The Bible says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So so that spirit is the demonic realm that you're on. And I've lost everything I had. was going from place to place, took in the methamphetamines. I was skin and bones. And I was about to die. I was looking for Jesus. I was about to die. I called my mama and told her I need help. I was about to die. And she would get me in the home of grace, you know, Christian rehabilitation center, you know. And, and uh Got in there and I got a little food, got a little rest, and got around people just like me. Talking about what great dope cooks you were, what a good time we had. <laughs> talking all that trash talk, you know. And, uh, and uh, Jesus said, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God, you know. Uh, when you look back, it's going back, you know. And that's what I did. I was looking back at the old life, you know. And, and that's what I did. I relapsed. I left out of there. And, and uh, a few weeks later, I'm cooking the methamphetamine. Uh, the police are looking for me. My family can't had nothing to do with me. I'm homeless. I'm somebody else's trailer, you know, cooking methamphetamine. Got the doors bolted down. Uh, just a, I was already high. I wasn't going to get no high on what I was, you know. And the fumes built up and sparked when I was peep lamp and the whole trailer ignited. You know, I'm surrounded by flames and I'm trying to get the doors bolted down, you know. And uh, to get open and then it's come open. I run outside with second, third degree burns, you know. Man, so, man. That was, a, that, was a, that was a a breaking point in my life, man. I was homeless. Police looking for me. Oh, everybody in the country. Oh, bad child support. I mean, my life was a complete wreck. I got second, third grade burns, and uh, and there was no all the people I held on to. I thought of my friends. There was no good lines, cheating, thieving, they stolen from me, cheating me. When I went to jail, they wouldn't, they wouldn't know. They were nowhere to be found. That's and right. Yeah. Then when you come out, they went, where you been? Where you know where I've been? I'm in jail. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they know good and well where you've yeah, been at. Man. So, uh, I mean, they were, they were contributing to every bit of it. So, I mean, it's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the breaking point. And I walked down to Cooper House at 3 o'clock in the morning, court cut. I uh, just, just couldn't see out of it one eye, you know. And, and they opened the door that I'd been beating on and, and turned it all burned up. And just uh, put a blanket on and began rushing me to the hospital. And that was my breaking point, you know. I started looking back, you know. And in my mind, I'm looking back, you know. At, and, you know, in my life, and it's, it's a mess. I hate it. I felt like death would be a victory that night. That's what I did. I did. I died. Man. You know, he who was dead is free from sin. You know, and uh, you know that night. Many times I've been to jail. You know, I cried to God because I believed in God. I believed in God. You know, and there again, I believed in God, but I wasn't ready to give Him my life. That was the problem. You know, and I cried, God, you get me out of here. I'm a fly straight. I'm a live for you. I made Him all these promises. And you've done that before, I'm sure. And yeah. as soon as you got out of jail, I, I went right back doing the same old. Same old, same old, you know. And, uh, a and dog I, returns to his vomit because he's still a dog. You know? And I think it's so important with that what you just painted because so many times we think that <clears throat> when we cry, that's repentance. Um, uh, but, man, repentance, true repentance, when we 
turn. That, that it's a change of our action. It's not just them them tears. That's not what real repentance looks like. It's when we have that that change of heart and we actually turn our we we turn around from the way that we were going and we start going the opposite way and we start changing that behavior. I, I think that's when the heart turns from stone to flesh. That's that's when the repentance really takes yeah. hold. Yeah, yeah. The uh, you know, and uh, the Bible says, "For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness." With the heart, you know, with truly with the heart, I had repented. I turned, repent, return, repent like ten house to the high point over, return back to God, and and my whole life turned back to God. And I said, God, you take eye, ear, whatever you want, whatever's left, I'm gonna serve you. I made unconditional conditional surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ on the way to the hospital that night, you know. And uh, that night, you know, I got born again become a child of God, you know, I become legally free, so my life was a stinking wreck, you know, and uh, a lot of people don't understand, it's this freedom, that the moment you're born again, justification takes place, you're born again, God declares you to be righteous, holy, uh, child of God, heir, joint heir with Christ, you have a new identification, new destination, you know, uh, you're free, you know what I'm saying, legally free, but you're still, you're like a complete wreck, so what God begins in your, that, your life that night, you know, here 19 years, 19 and a half years later, he's been complete. You know, I said, people, I'm not where I want to be, but I ain't where I used to be 19 and a half years ago. He's That's me right. Away, and he's, I still got a long way to go, but I still got, got some stuff for me that needs to be cleaned up. You know? That's right. right. And, you know, for, for so many of us in recovery, we, we get in this, I, I don't know what you call it, but we, sometimes we can't see the growth yeah. that we've got into and. We, we think that we're that same person, and we're like, oh, and then you look back, and man. You see the involvement. I ain't yeah. the same person, that, and and it's always, to me, it's always helpful in my own journey to, to look back and to, not to to look and to focus and to, to take up all my time looking back, but to look back and notice the growth. Just take a glance. And that kind of yeah. helps me push forward because, oh, man, that's, that's kind of that kick in the butt that I need of, man, this does work. You know, I just need to keep on pushing forward. I want to rewind for just a minute. I think it was very, very interesting of what you're talking about, about how you got to the home of grace and you kind of started looking back a little bit and you started talking with some people that were just like you and oh look you know kind of look how good of a cook I you know start romanticizing the you start, roman start romanticizing about it yeah and, and when uh, a relapse ain't just something that just came up one day a relapse is something that usually comes from a door yep. that you left open and when when you do that and you leave that door open and then you start feeding it like that and romanticizing about it and really entertaining it, you're going to relapse. So I mean, it's basically you walk through the door, you sit down in the room, and then you kind of remember all the furniture and that, that particular part of the house, yep. you know? And so without it ever being cleaned out, you go to lay in the bed that's in there. And so, boom, you're stuck right where you were at yep. because uh, kind of like, you know, we talked about relapse. Uh, you know, you get to going, you know, but it's like a car with no brakes. You just continue to just drive, and then all of a sudden, when you know it's time to hit the brakes, you can't you can't pump them because there, right. there's nothing there to stop you, you know, because you've let yourself get the momentum going towards that. And generally, it starts when you start compromising and you start lying to yourself, you know, about yep. your new life. You know what I mean? Yep. So, and you know, and for anybody out there listening, I want you to understand, we are not granted 
uh, a second chance after relapse. So many people think that, oh, I, I've got more time. Some people don't come back from a relapse. So the saying goes, uh, you can have <coughs> you can have one more relapse, but not another recovery in you. That's right. You know, and I, that's that's my thought. Been my thoughts from it. I said I can easily relapse one more time if I don't take hold of what I'm doing right now. But if I don't realize that my recovery journey has been a battle enough as it is, that I might not have any more fight in me after that. You know, and so. Like you said, people get out there, you know, they yep. relapse and then they're stuck. That's right. And then they're, most of them, some people have died, you know, in the middle of it. Yep. And so moving, moving on, you, you, you done been involved in this, you know, this uh, explosion, you got burns, you're being rushed to the hospital, you've given your life over to Christ. But I love that you said, well, not much changed. Well, you know, you're still you're still in a bad off. A lot of people think that once I get my life to Christ, oh, it's, you know, you got this prosperity Christianity. Yeah. That makes not, it that makes it seem like I can give my life to Christ and I'm good. I ain't got to. I don't have to, I don't have to so, worry about it or, yeah. you know, water the seed. So I love that, you know, that, hey, people can, can get a real realistic view of this. The following Christ I mean, it's not a guarantee of prosperity. So, so after you gave your life to Christ, going to the hospital, where did that journey, where did that walk go next? Because you were talking about how you were still in that same, you know, hey, I'm, I'm still off, I'm bad off, but I'm not as bad off because I'm, I've got my faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, I got dropped off at the hospital that night. I got 13 inches of skin rolled over my fingernails. And- uh, they shot me full of morphine, took me to South Alabama Burn Center uh, in an ambulance, and I'm still cussing, I'm about to wear the morphine button out, like, there ain't no change to me. And I, I'm, telling my, I'm telling my family, I said, I give my blankety blank life to Jesus, and then, yeah, right, yeah, okay, because uh, they'd heard it before, you know, yeah. and, uh, but I had really had, you know, but there's nothing changed in me, you know, inside had changed, I'd been born again, uh, but I was still full of the world, you know, yeah. I would tell people it took three days to get to Egypt. I mean, Israel out of Egypt. It took 40 years in the desert getting Egypt out of them. And, uh, you know. I like man. that. The, uh, I like that. So what, I, what, was, what was different about me is normally I had a plan. I, I, I mean, got a plan. I said, God, I give my life to you. You know I mean it. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Just go back. And then Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, go back to the home of grace. And I went back to the home of grace. And I got the Holy Spirit living within me this time that I never had before. I've been brought up in church, but the Holy Spirit never lived within me because I had never truly with the heart turned from my sins, repentance, and turned and trusted Christ, you know. And now i got the Holy Spirit living within me, and the Word begins to come alive, and God begins to transform me, change me. Books, all books have information, but the Bible has transformation. Not only information, but transformation. That's right. Transforms you and changes you. It's kind of like having a big bucket full of dirt. I was 37 years old, having a bucket full of the world and, and your bucket full of dirt. And the washing of the water of the word, Ephesians 5, 26, take a water hose and go into that bucket of dirt. The dirt begins to come out, come out, come out. Eventually, you got clear, clean water. And that's what God begins to do. He begins to clean you up, wash you down, taking these strongholds and, and tearing them down through the truth of his word and through the Holy Man. Spirit. And God transforms you, changes you, renews your mind. And then one night, something broke loose in me. And, uh, man, Isaiah 12, 3 says, when you're born again, you have a well of salvation. The night on the way to the hospital, I had a well of salvation. But God wants to give you more than that. He wants to give you a river. 
uh, after I pressed in, pressed in, pressed in one night, something broke loose in me, and I mean, the Holy Spirit began to flow through me like a river, man. It was, I was overwhelmed with love and joy and peace. And I was just standing there and said, my God, this is what I've been looking for the whole time. The 12-volt drug overdoses, right, uh, near-death experiences I had uh, looking for this peace high, man. I found it that night through the Holy Spirit, the intimate presence of God. So this is what I was looking for the whole time, man. And you know, for the addict who has been his whole life in addiction, that moment when you are fully surrendered to God and that Holy, the Holy Spirit is in you, and that first time that you feel peace, man, for some people, they've never had peace before. Right. And, you know, the, the life of an addict, they just, you know, you is anything but peace. Well, I mean, you get, you get to live in, 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 like, the chaos, and it becomes comfortable. You become comfortable in the chaos. Yep. So at the Home of Grace, so that recovery there in your – was that a 12-step uh, recovery, or what, what did the recovery look like there at Home of Grace? had counseling, they had different stuff, but, but my real recovery was, uh, was was just the Word of God, you know, getting in the Word, just pressing into God. Of course, I listened to every preacher to come in there. I was, I was honed on, or God had something for me, and through God's Word, God was just transforming me, changing me, renewing my mind, uh, making me what He already declared me to be. Yeah, I know we like to use the word recovery, and I understand all that, but, uh, but if you become a new creation in Christ, man. You have a new identification, you have a new destination, uh, so you're becoming who you already are. You know what I'm God's already declared, this is who you are. And through the process, what we call, I like to call recovery, through when you're a born-again child of God, it's the transformation process, you're becoming who you already are. You know, That's God right. prepared me to be righteous. Day by day, I'm becoming righteous. I'm becoming like Christ. I'm having the mind of Christ. You know, I used to have the uh, walk in the flesh, I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. That's right. God, it's a transformation process. God's doing in your life, man. And through the Holy Spirit, the intimate presence of God, the Garden of Eden, where we came from, the Garden of Eden, and the Eden means the presence of God. We're designed to live in the presence of God. We're, live, we're designed to live in the fullness of the Spirit, and and we're pressing back into that intimate presence. That will show me the path of life in my presence, the fullness of joy. Everything we're looking for is wrapped up in through God. Yeah, that's right, man. Uh, what a message, yeah, man. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's what we're all looking for, you know. We're looking right. in the world, thinking it's going to satisfy us, man. If we that's just right. had more money, if we just had more this, or, or had the right woman, we had this, and, and nothing will satisfy you. Now, God made that for us to enjoy, but through Him. You know? That's right. I mean, I love my family. I love the material things God's blessed us with, you know. He got, he got me a boat and different things God's blessed me with, but I'm enjoying it through Him. You know? That's right. He, he's got to be preeminent. He's got to be He's got to be superior over all things in your life, you know, for you to truly enjoy the things that he's given us. Yeah, you know, when, when we do it outside of him, that's when those things take a stronghold over our life, and that's when those things become idols in our life, yeah. and that's when we yeah. start having that yeah. struggle with addiction. And so, yeah. And, I, you know, the Bible warns against, uh, you know, idolatry yep. through and through. And yep. But we we liken it to statues or, right. or something like that, but it can literally be a continuous thought process. Um, continuous compromise with himself. Um, it could be putting the TV before picking up your Bible, you know. Um, or like for a lot of us in this day and time, I wake up in the morning. Social media. I go in there and the first thing I do is I grab my phone while I'm using the bathroom and I'm scrolling through Facebook or I'm scrolling through TikTok. And I think you spoke on that um, a couple of Mondays ago where it's the dopamines yep, the dopamine are still kick. triggered. You know, yep. it's just that's... That's an idol in itself, yep. you know. Oh, 
you know, you were talking about the the golden uh the statues and all. You know, I, I love that story in Exodus where Moses has been upon this mountain and he's been in this direct communication with God. Yeah. And he's been up there was it forty days and he comes down and the Israelites had done talked Aaron into making this golden, golden statue. Calf. Yeah. And the Israelites were sitting there, they had done thought that Moses had done abandoned them and he had done forgotten about them. I love that because we do that. Yeah. We I, I like to think of it as the Israelites had returned, you know, in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of stress, in the midst of whatever it was. Depression. They yeah. returned to that self-destructive behavior that had gotten them through that past, you know, when it when they went through a similar situation so before. So they've gone back to comfortable chaos yeah. because that's where they're used to lying. That's right. You know. And so I, I love that story because I can relate to that. How many times have I built a, a golden statue in my own life when I feel like God had abandoned me? Right. And, you know, that, that golden statue was my addiction. So most definitely. Man, I... I well, we got off topic, but we yeah, we, we, did. We, we we really hit on something there, man. That was good. Uh, so you know, you're and you met uh, Josh and Drew. <laughs> yeah, you <know>? right. <laughs> so you know, you've you've gotten these books, and you're a pastor now. But for those that are listening at home, what what are you doing currently? But you know, with being a pastor and writing, what are you doing to maintaining? your current, your sobriety and continuing down that journey? Well, the, uh, when I met the Pearl of Great Price, you know, uh, the drugs, the alcohol stuff has not been a temptation to anything. And that's why people don't understand. When you truly experience the Pearl of Great Price, you know, the intimate source of the, the high that you're looking for in the drugs and the alcohol, the sex, things of the world, that, hey, it's not a temptation anymore. So, uh, sometimes I get off course. But I realize that back behind me is not where it's at. I know I've already experienced it. I've got to get back, plug into the Lord, stay plugged into the Lord, press into His infinite presence. You know, yeah. as you used to pursue the drugs. You know, say, oh, I can't get to church because I ain't got, I can't got no gas money. I ain't got a car. You, you, you go find some dope. You find a way to get some dope. You find a way to the church. You'll find your way to to read the Bible. You make time. Uh, you got to plug in every day. You know, you make time for yeah, what's every, important. Every day, it's like everyday battle. You got to stay plugged in. You got to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. That's stay right. Filled. You know, the Bible says, "And be not drunk with wine, wherein there's law. Be filled with the Spirit." It doesn't compare from being under the influence of alcohol. Stay drunk on alcohol. You got to keep drinking alcohol. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to keep drinking the Word of God daily. You stop drinking alcohol, you sober up. You stop. You get out of the Word of God, man, I tell you, you're going to sober up, and you got a long way to go, and Satan ain't no hurry to get you, man. He'll take you out. Dude, I've seen him take out a bunch of folks, some strong folks today, yeah. because they got comfortable in their lives, and, and now they got plugged into the world and unplugged from God, and I'm telling you, the enemy will take you out. Most definitely. Most definitely. For And what I can, I'm, can echo what you're saying, because in my own life, I've got to work step three. Step three is saying, hey, I've got to live in the will of God. I've got to to stay in God's will. And I have to do that every day. Yeah. You know, I've said that many times on this show. I've got to wake up every day and I've got to make that conscious effort to not live in my will, but in God, because my will is what is going to lead me to a relapse. My will is what led me to my seat in recovery. Yeah. And my will is what will lead me to a relapse. So if I'm, I wake up every day and I've got to stay in God's will, and 
I mean, that's why he tells you to, you know, make sacrifice yourself daily and take up the cross. Yeah. You know, to die thing, to the flesh. Man, my thing is the you can tell on the days, you know, because it's it's an ongoing battle internally sometimes. Um, that the days where I'm not surrendering and sacrificing, I can see all those old patterns of behavior start to kind of creep Most back definitely. up. I mean, Most it's, definitely. it's and it's crazy. You can watch it fizzle up, and sometimes whenever you're not relying on God, it, it vol- uh, volcanoes out. You yep. know, it's more of an explosion, and you're just like, man, where did that come from? Yep. But it's because that morning or that night before or that moment in the shower, wherever you are, because everywhere is a, uh, everywhere is a war room, you know, but if you're not going into your war room, you know, and so, saying, God, I can't right. do this. I, there's no way I can do this. You know, when we, yep. because if we're not humble, if we remain proud, we fall. You know, but if we stay humble, we get grace. Yeah. Yep, so. most definitely. Well, as we kind of wrap things up, uh, as we do at the end of every episode, we we have a small list of questions that we're going to throw at you, Mr. Rodney. <laughs> so uh, I hope you <laughs> I hope you're ready and prepared. Well, I'm picking. Uh, so question number one: What? Looking back on your story, what is the biggest thing that you have taken away from your story? What are some some lessons that you have learned from looking back? Uh, looking back, we you know we can uh, we can learn, we can grow from our mistakes. You know, uh, I, I look back and I see the mistakes I've made, and I've learned from them. Uh, you know, and I'm able to help, even though my life was a mess back then. Now, because of my mess able to have a message to go out and, and can relate to people. You know, I've been in jail. I've, I've done all the different drugs and different things. Of course, I'm ashamed of the things I did, but you know, there's people out there struggling with the same things I'm struggling with, so I can use this to go out and, and to relate to them and show them how God set me free. That's right. And uh, I, I think that's a good thing, you know, and, and like me being molested, you know, horrible, horrible thing that happened, but at the same time, speaking in the schools, you wouldn't believe how many kids have come up to me and and will share with me that they're being molested at home and different things like that. And they would have never come up and, and opened up to me if I wouldn't have opened up about my That's right. You, know, my you become relatable. Yeah, relatable. Yeah. You know, so even though uh, God's taken my pain, my hurt, my foolishness, and, and turned it into good, you know, to help people. I mean, it wasn't good what happened, but I'm just telling you, we can use it for good to be able to help others. That's right. And, and you know, there's a lot of hurting people out there like we were hurting people, and we're going out there and we're trying to help them because we've been helped. You know? That's right. Yep. Oh, you know, if you've been through addiction and you've been through mental health and you've come in on the other side of all that, that's a good thing. Don't look at it as a as a bad thing. It's a good thing because you now have an ex, an education that nobody in this world would pay for, like at all. Like no nobody you know, nobody would pay for that. But you know, most people I talk to. They said that, you know, they've talked to people who've never had an addiction in some of the, you know, these facilities. And they say, Man, I can't talk to her about this or talk to them about this because they don't understand what I'm talking about. But as soon as you say, hey, look, I was a meth addict too. I was an IV meth right. user. They're like, hey, well, wait a minute. You yep. know, so you're going to understand when I'm talking about this and this and this. Like, once again, mm-hmm. relatable, you know, yep. relationship or being able to relate in relationship that's where we start to make changes or change other people's lives, yep. you know, um, but not just relationship with them, but bringing them, bringing in the relationship with Christ. Like you said, 
uh, if God's in the center, if not, if God's not in the center, the devil can enter. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I mean, go and going back to what we were just talking about, people that have been on the opposite side of addiction can reach people that no pastor in a suit and tie is going to be able to reach. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you're on that, if you've come out on the other side, you've got an edu- uh, education that nobody's going to pay for, but you can reach some people that may not be able to be reached by anybody else. So, you know, but I like that, but being relatable, I like that. Question number two, what would you tell somebody that is currently going through the same thing that you came out of? Well, there's hope, you know, and uh, you know, we, uh, I've lost hope. I remember what God spoke to me as a child, kid that uh, I was preaching his word. I believe what he told me when I was a kid, but, you know, it got so deep and so dark in my addiction that I couldn't get out of it. I was such a mess. And uh, I lost hope. I'll be honest with you, I've lost all hope, you know. But there's always hope in Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, you know, cry out to God. Cry out to God, you know, that you're too weak, okay. Uh, I remember Jesus, uh, the, the father, his son, I think had the demon, you know. He said, he said, uh, do you have faith? He said, he said help my faith. Now, well, he, he realized he didn't have the faith. He, he said, well, help my unbelief. Remember, he cries out, help my unbelief. Yep. And that's kind of like us. We don't have the power. I didn't have the power to quit. I didn't have the power to surrender. I didn't have the power to do anything, you know. And, uh, but in my heart, I, I, I really wanted you know, Christ to change me. You know, I cried out to God, you know, and he heard me. It was a slow process, but you know what? God, God began to work in my life, and when God opened the doors and began to transform me, change me, uh, you know, salvation is free, but you got to put out the effort too. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Ain't nobody gonna show up in the morning and pray for you. Ain't nobody gonna show up and read the Bible to you. You gonna have, you gonna have to press in. You know, it's like you, you, nobody brought the dope to your house through the dope. You, you gotta get up and go get it. You know what I'm saying? It's there for you. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have to get up and read your Bible. You're gonna have to get to church. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to get plugged in. You know That's right. Uh, but the victory's already been won. All we gotta do is walk in. You know? The victory's already been won. It's yours to have. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have some effort on your own. You know, after you get born again. That's right. Christ, you're gonna have to put some effort out uh, to walk in that victory that Christ has already won. I mean, he's already won it. He's done, done it all. We're more than conquerors. But us to press in and to, and to pursue into that intimate presence, you know, and it takes some effort to read your Bible and, and to get to church and to do to get plugged into a celebrate recovery or or you know get, you need to be plugged in with like minded people. You know? That's right, and it ain't got to be just celebrate recovery. It it, it could be a AA, a NA, a smart recovery, a beyond sober, whatever it looks like. Get plugged in to like minded people. Get plugged into to your little herd of sheep that are like you, that you feel at home with, and that's where you're going to build and you're going to grow and you're going to find some healing. So very well said. I I like that. Moving on to question number three. What impact do you think that the old you has on the current you? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a tough one. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, I can see the growth, you know. That's right. And I see it now. But uh but you know, that was that's who I was, you know, that ain't who I am anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. I have a new identification, new destination. God's transformed me, changed me, and uh I'm pressing pressing toward the mark, you know. I wanna 
there's nothing back there for me. That's, that's an old life. I'm dead in that life. And, uh, you know, I, I talk about that life where others can see where I came from, but that's the old dead me. That ain't who I am. That's right. I'm a new, new me. I'm becoming who I already am in Christ. And you can always tell the ones that's had that transformation by just hearing that. Like, you yeah. Know, so many, so many of us in addiction, and we, we want to romanticize and keep that flame alive, you know, and, and seeing that in our old self. But to hear, hey, that's who I was. I'm not that person now, but but that is who I was. This is where I started at, and now I'm here. Right. And you, you, you get that sense through, you know, that growth and that transformation through Jesus Christ. I, I, I love it. And wrapping up our last question, that really ain't even a question. Uh, I don't even know why I call it a question because <laughs> I always send this out and say, hey, we got four questions, but technically it's only three questions. Uh, but this last one, you know, Mr. Rodney, we, we want to thank you from the bottom of our heart coming and sitting down and sharing with us. You know, it's, it's never easy to open up and talk about these kind of things, but, you know, we, we want to thank you for your willingness to be so open and so vulnerable and in an effort to to be unashamed of your story. And uh, to show our appreciation, we want to give our show over to you for just a moment. And we'll give you the hot mic and, you know, to let you uh, say anything that you need to say or something that the Holy Spirit is pressing upon you to say in an effort to reach that one person who may be listening that needs to hear what you have to say. Awesome, awesome. We'll have Ryan, our IT guru <laughs> and mad Russian. We'll we'll have him put that on the screen, and we'll. You said we'll, his name. I know he don't like being mentioned, but he'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll have him put that on the screen, and we'll also put that in our show notes for you to be able to click on that. Uh, and so another point, though, I just want to say that your book actually reached me when I was in prison my first time. Really. Wow. Yeah, and so 
whenever he told me that you were going to be here. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I had to not get starstruck for a second, you know, because <laughs> I was just like, man, I remember reading. I didn't get done with it because I got out before I ever got finished with it. But it was just one of those things that I was relating to so much within that book. You know, and it was somebody, matter of fact, um, it was another guy. He was going through A&D, which is alcohol and drug treatment while you're in prison. He was like, man, you've got to read this book. You're in here for a possession charge, right? It's like, yeah. He's like, man, you've got to read this book. It's called Club Master Christ. He was, I was like, so it's like a book about clubs, <laughs> you know? Because I didn't, you know, I didn't understand. But he was like, no, no, man, it's not, it's not like that. You just, just read it, you know. And I started reading, and I was so entranced, you know. And it touched me in man, so many awesome. ways, you know. So, man, it's, I'm thankful for you, to be yeah. honest. I just had to mention that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you did. And you know. Uh, I think you, you brought a couple books. Uh, if if we're able to, we, we're going to try our best and talk Mr. Rodney into uh, into signing a copy for us. And uh, if he's willing to do that, we're going to do a giveaway. <laughs> we're going to do a giveaway uh, of the book on our social media. We'll, we'll go live on, on Facebook one of these days coming up, and we're going to give it away live, a signed copy. Uh, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have – you know, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and then screenshot it that you're subscribed and then tag us in it on Facebook. And we're going to go through all those and we're just going to select somebody and we're going to give this book away to somebody because we want to get it in somebody's hands. And yeah. so, uh, but with that being said, that's going to wind up another episode of the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And once again, I want to thank Mr. Rodney for being here and, uh, I uh, sincerely hope that today's episode has shined some ray of hope and some kind of encouragement for you. Uh, don't forget that you can always join uh, the Recovery Conversation with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a uh, Unashamed Recovery Facebook group. It's a closed-off group that people go in there and they share and they ask for prayer requests and they talk about some victories and defeats, and it's just a great recovery community or anybody's welcome to join and please do that uh and if you want to be a guest on the show like mr rodney here is today and to be able to share your amazing story with thousands of others or maybe you just want to simply tell us how we're doing you can always email the podcast at unashamed podcast at yahoo.com unashamed podcast at yahoo.com and uh mr rodney if somebody wants to reach out to you uh to maybe book you as a guest uh to speak at a recovery group, or maybe they want to have you to be a guest on another recovery podcast or whatever it may be, or to get a book, what is the best way for them to reach you? Uh, well, they can call me at my home phone, uh, not my home phone, but my uh, the ministry phone, 228-990-5982. Or they can just go to our website, clubmethodchrist.com, and go to contact, and all my information is on there also. Awesome. awesome. Sounds great. Sounds great. And with that, y'all, that's all we got for this one. Thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. And I hope y'all all continue to stay sober. And until next time, I love y'all. And remember to be love you unashamed. Guys. And what an episode that was. And we just want to thank Pastor Rodney for, for dropping by and leaving several copies of his book. And since we have so many copies, we want to give back to you, our, our loyal listeners. Yes. We're going to give away 10 of these bad boys. So what we want y'all to do is, if you're watching this on YouTube, go up to the top, subscribe to our channel, and then comment on this video. I think that's pretty fair, don't you? Yeah. 
Because I'm telling you, these books That's are right. life changers. That's right. Life changers. So subscribe to the channel, comment on the video, and then we're going to go on December the 28th, Tuesday, December 28th, and we're going to do a Facebook live stream. Wait, wait, wait. A live stream? A live stream. Our first ever. We've never done a live stream. We're going live Tuesday, December 28th, and we're going to pick 10 random people out of the comment section on this video and we're going to give away Club Method Christ and Once an Attic Now Free. We're going to give away 10 copies. And then on that live stream, we're going to pick somebody from the live stream to get this signed copy of Club Meth. The signed copy from Pastor Rodney himself. Yes. So make sure you're tuning in. Tuesday, December 28th for that. And go ahead and subscribe and comment. Hey, it ain't going to hurt your chances. You, you might build up some chances by commenting several times. You yeah. can only subscribe once, but hey, you can comment. Meantime, that's going to build up your chances to win. So hey, get to commenting. We'll see y'all Tuesday, December 28th on the live stream. We love y'all. Love you, fam.